Got Your Ears On is brought to you by Tactical Legion Knives. Live from the campus of Top Radio, under the direction of Guido, Scoot, and Johnson, it's the pride of podcasting. It's Got Your Ears On. All right, everybody. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot. You can put it on the bus. And Johnson. We're talking transfer portal. We're in the portal, boys. So March Madness has turned into March. Who's leaving next? That's really the question that we're all facing today, guys. So, Scoot, welcome back, by the way, after taking a week off. Was it a nice vacation? I I was on assignment. On assignment? (laughs) I was on assignment. In lovely central Ohio? Yes. We said you were on vacation. That's not true. Not true. Listen, I'm like Belichick. No no days off. No No days days off. off. Okay. He was was prepping for when we talk um, women's volleyball, WVU women's volleyball, in four years. Uh, And uh, I thought... I would uh, be able to be your uh, 17-and-under girls travel volleyball uh, analyst. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I mean, we need that. That's a position we're looking to fill. Yeah. yeah I mean, definitely. we're lacking in that department, so it makes sense. Well, because we, uh, we should probably stop stalling and just get to it. Uh, WVU has had, what's the count now, four players that are somehow leaving, not coming back one way or the other, possibly. Um, so let's just kind of break them down. We'll go one by one. Uh, we'll start with the one that I think everybody was, I don't know if they would say most shocked about, but it, it sort of was the biggest name thus far, which is Jordan McCabe Scooty enters the transfer portal. First one out of the gates, really, to enter the transfer portal. And uh, I don't think he, I think the, I don't even know if the buzzer went off in the Syracuse game and he had put his name in the portal. Well, uh, to say he was probably disappointed in how this year went for himself, uh, probably an understatement. You know, this is a guy that we thought at the tail end of his freshman year, okay, he might be, you know, one of the guys we're going to count on for some scoring, some stability. And he had a really good, uh, what, uh, four or five games once Issa Ahmad and Wesley Harris were dismissed. And then last year, uh, it wasn't as good a season. Looked like he tried to do too much of everything all at one time and um, didn't go well. And then this year, I thought he actually played better, but his his playing time decreased significantly. Yeah, his role, his role with the team changed dramatically this year. I mean, he became sort of the seventh man, maybe eighth man, and then it kind of slowly just went – further down as the season went he kind of came across as like the he's supposed to be the old veteran guy that maybe oversees some of the progress of some of these other guys and I don't know that that's him uh it's certainly not him at this point in his career probably in his mind that he should be uh you know an eight to ten minute kind of guy because he really didn't get much more than that unless there was some sort of injury or foul problem yeah and and Johnson I think that you know, for me, it, it wasn't a surprise. We talked about it last week with Brent, and we said, you know, sort of the two guys who entered the portal were two guys that came up in the show last week with, you know, Jordan McCabe, Emmett Matthews, both deciding to leave WVU and continue their college career somewhere else. I think for Jordan, it's a solid move for him. I mean, I think for him, it's going to be he's going to find a place 
to play and get a lot more playing time than he did this year. Yeah, I mean, people love to kind of uh, bang on McCabe, I feel like. And as the seasons have gone on, these last two seasons, I think kind of where Scoot was going, like the emergence of Deuce really, to me, is what started to have Jordan take a bit of a backseat in the lineup. And I think the emergence of the other guards as well. You know, even though I still think, and I think Scoot would argue too, Jordan's probably the only true point guard we have on the team still because I never quite think even though Deuce certainly mans it I mean come on there's no there's no knocking Deuce at the one but I think Deuce plays the one because he's kind of the next solid one we have not probably you know he'd be just as comfortable I think playing the two but Jordan I think will be someone that even when he wasn't getting minutes on this team, I think his locker room demeanor, his attitude, his, you know, we still felt like he was in a leadership role, even if he wasn't logging a lot of minutes on the court. So Jordan to me feels like one of those guys that goes to another team and someone accepts him with open arms because of all of those qualities. I mean, he'll be an asset somewhere else for sure. I just think on this team, he could probably see that, you know, look, he's got one more season left to showcase something. And, and he probably was thinking, I want to do it more than, you know, like five, eight minutes a game during my senior year. So you can't blame him. And I think good for him. I, you know, I'll probably, he's one of those guys I'll pay attention to, um, you know, and, and root for him someplace else as well. Well, and I think he falls into that, you know, Beetle Bolden kind of transfer. Like I, there was no real hard feelings when Beetle Bolden left and, you know, and I mean, I followed him at Alabama. I think a lot of people did. I think on the other hand, you know, when you look at like the Issa Mod, the Wesley Harris situation, I think when you look at some of the other kind of transfers out, I think, you know, Jordan's definitely not. I mean, he's going to end up being an alumni. Like he's going to graduate. I don't know if you guys heard that. So he fin- he's going to stay and finish up his degree this semester and then graduate from the school and then, you know, go on and be a grad, you know, transfer somewhere. So I, I get it. Uh, for him. Yeah, and I think not to be too dramatic here, Scoot, but I, if you really think about it, I think Jordan McCabe and we're going to talk about Emmett Matthews. These are guys that, to be honest, they were kind of the glue that got us through the rest of that crazy season and into the next season without everything completely falling apart on that on that Issa and Wesley Harris team. Yeah, I'm. I was trying to think while you guys were talking, which doesn't often go well for either you guys or me. <laughs> that I'm trying to think while you guys are talking and the fact that I'm thinking while you guys are talking. But I was trying to think, um, despite you saying that um, Jordan is going to graduate in three years, really, if you think about it, and I, I don't know if it's a, a problem that – I know it's an issue in other places, but I think it's a bigger issue for West Virginia is that outside of native West Virginians who have been on the team – Daxter Miles and Javon Carter, I think, are the last two guys that have spent four years at WVU. And that was two years ago that they've been gone. You know, so that's a, for me, that's a growing concern. I know we had Chase Harler and I know we had um, Logan Route, but I think it's different. I think it's different when you're a native West Virginian because there is that ingrained loyalty to WVU that isn't found for non-West Virginians. Well, I think it I think it continues if if we stepped back. I mean, we're we're in it every season, we're talking about it every day. So, I think we sometimes lose sight of that stuff, but I bet if we went back and really like had someone like, you know, uh boil down the numbers, it's probably a 
pretty significant churn of players, at least over the last five to six seasons with Hugs, but probably over his oh my full, full, full tenure. I mean, I feel like it's probably a, above average from what a normal school sees, don't you think? No, I don't think so. See, well, um, I don't know. I don't think so because th- this is the whole thing that they've been, and I've been reading about it all week because so many players this week have gone, you know, into the. Tra- this is going to be the biggest transfer portal year ever. They're expecting maybe close to twelve hundred Division One players yeah, to I read enter that, the yep. transfer portal. Like that's insane, you know. And I so I think it's partly. I mean, I think it's two things. I think one, it's partly the the way college sports in general is today. Like, it's much more like pro. It's much more, what are you going to do for me now, you know, versus, uh, you know, what a career is or what building a relationship with a team or a state or whatever. Um, And the other thing is, is I think that it's, you know, it's Division I basketball has gotten to such a point where a player, players like Jordan McCabe or Emmett Matthews are going to go to another D1 school and get twice as much playing time as they would e- have a chance of seeing next year at WVU. And now that there's no waiting period, they don't have to sit out, they can go and they're going to play next year. I mean, I think that's that adds to it, you know. I think Jordan McCabe would have stayed if he would have had to sit a year. I think Emmett Matthews would have stayed maybe if he had to sit a year. I think the fact that they get the transfer next year and they don't have to sit and I think that's what everybody's doing right now in the NCAA. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that. Yeah, I agree. I, and I, I know this is going to be an unpopular take on a West Virginia podcast. Maybe not. I don't know. But WVU is not a place that can afford to dabble in the the one-and-done type situation. I know Hugs has done a very good job of bringing in some transfers, um, some JUCO guys that have some upside but are somewhat under-recruited. I think because right. that's the that's the demographic that West Virginia recruiting has to go is the – because if they're on a in a battle between uh, Kansas, Kentucky, and UConn, let's say, WVU in a lot of situations may come out third or fourth out of those four schools when it comes to asking a recruit where they want to go. I think – I think the transfer portal is going to hurt WVU, especially if it's if there's like you're saying, and I know there's no sit out a year, especially coming up this year. Uh, I don't know. I th- I just think we're we're in for an interesting time as to what the team's going to look like. Because I I honestly don't think so. We've lost McCabe, and I know we haven't gotten to this yet, but we've lost McCabe. McNeil is testing the NBA waters. Um, right. Emmett Matthews is out. He's transferring. He's transferring. All three of those guys are roommates, which makes me feel like McNeil's not coming back. And I know it sounds crazy, but I don't think he's coming back. And Taz Sherman testing the NBA water with the possibility of returning to college, which I think is what you say just to keep people off your back for a while. I don't know that he comes back. Should he come back? Sure. If you ask Fran Fraschilla, he'll tell you 15 times a game that Taz Sherman should come back. <laughs> should he come back? Sure. But I don't know that he does. So then you're looking at Derek Culver, Deuce McBride, um, Jalen Bridges, and then who else? Isaiah Cottrell, assuming he's healthy enough and he recovers from his 
um, his surgery, his Achilles surgery. Do you see, uh, I, I think I read somewhere that Kedrian Johnson should expect a big surge in playing time, which he could be, I guess, a very good defensive player. Concerns me on the offensive end based on some of the stuff I've seen him shoot in game. So is that our starting five? And if so, I don't know that that's a top 15 team. Then I always wonder, like, does Derek Culver with his last five or six game stretch there where it was rough for him, is that a sign of him being disgruntled and not wanting to come back or maybe thinking about coming? Because if he doesn't come back, I think there's other guys that will roll as well because, you know, what Deuce is going to be the one-man show. That won't go well for him. Well, before we go into all that, though, don't you think that, you know, when, when I saw Jordan's announcement, he was he was specifically one of the people we talked about last week with Brent. So, you know, I, that kind of fell into place where I thought it might. Um, you know, not in love with that, but okay, not not really surprised. We also talked about Emmett Matthews. So I'm not going to say I was shocked, but in a way, to me, that was an eyebrow raise because this here's a guy now that you're talking about had played a starting position for almost the whole season. I mean, a lot of a lot of this year he was in the starting lineup, someone who played significant minutes and play and scored significant points per game this year. And I had brought that up during the last week's show with Brent, you know, Emmett's from Tacoma, you know, maybe he looks to go out West. I think I remember someone saying that he had been recruited uh, by UConn pretty hard and had decommitted, I think from there to come to WVU Um and Scoot, it probably goes more to be honest with your roommate discussion. If I'm, if I'm, if you know, I'm really being honest, that probably weighs in more. But I think when I saw that announcement, that was truly someone who I thought, okay, wow, that's to me, that feels like a much bigger, a much, uh, I don't know what the right word is, but a, a much bigger impact to significant. this team. Yeah, I think that Emmett, losing Emmett is a more of a significant impact to the team than than Jordan is. I think that Jordan's definitely a morale builder, and that's important. I think. Losing Matthews, you know, you're looking at a guy who was probably, you know, had a good chance next year of, you know, averaging 15 plus minutes, six, you know, 15 to 20 minutes a game, and it would have been probably the true sixth man. I think the problem is, is that with Jalen having, and that they both play that same position. I mean, they're both that pretty much that three, four interchangeable there. You know, they both can shoot. They're both tall enough to get rebounds. I think that with Jalen sort of owning that role the second half of the season, maybe Emmett saw the writing on the wall that we don't know. You know, maybe he said, "Hey, I know next year Jalen's going to be playing, you know, 30, 35 minutes a game, and I'm going to be lucky to see fifteen. I just thought that one, as opposed to like Scoot, Sean McNeil, and Taz Sherman announcing they're going to dip their toe in the NBA waters, like. Of course, like why would you not do that? To me, right. that's just when you're when you're allowed when the process allows you to do that and you think you have some chance, sure, be be evaluated. Like why why would you not do that? So some people were kind of losing their their minds a little bit over, you know, on Twitter when those two announcements kind of came out and I read those as and I and I kind of made this comment to you like honestly, you could never tell anyone that the process could run its course you could come back to morgantown no one would ever be the wiser and you would have your information i just think it's interesting like that people why? Yeah. Choose why? To- well because because it's marketing because it's them building their their brand that's what you know social media and everything does now is 
is this is Taz and McNeil building their brand. And like we saw it last year with Oscar, you know, Oscar did the whole, the same thing. Like he did the exact same thing. I'm testing the NBA waters. I'm going to, with a chance of returning. He, it was what, three weeks. He did the evaluation because the NCAA has that program. Like you go through that program with the NCAA and then he comes back and he's like, I've decided to play another year. And I, I'm going to tell you right now, like, the, first of all, if you look at every NBA mock draft out there right now, neither of them are even mentioned in the, or even in articles, like as like and flyers. Nor should neither, they be. No, and neither of them are. I agree with you. I think, and this is where I go. You know, I know you go on the whole roommate thing, and and maybe I'm wrong in this. They they look at it. I mean, if you're a D1 at a big school like WVU that you do have a chance to play professionally afterwards, they look at it as building their brand. And that's exactly what Sean McNeil's doing right now. It's what he should be doing. You know, build his brand up for next year. So now there's all this hype. Oh, he thought about going to the NBA and he came back. And then he plays 35 minutes a game next year. He leads the team in scoring or second behind Deuce. And then maybe he goes second round NBA or maybe he gets a really nice European contract. So... I think that, and the same thing with Taz, you know, I think those guys come back. I want to let you guys know that uh, after discussing it with my uh, direct supervisors and uh, with the blessing of my family, I have opted to put cheese on my chicken sandwiches and I'm holding the pickles with the option of potentially eating the sandwich at a later date. With pickles and no cheese. You got to post that on Instagram and Twitter. Respect my decision. But it has to be with a backdrop that makes it kind of inspirational. Yeah, like uh, yeah. me in a in a dark room holding a chicken sandwich. <laughs> like, listen, Guido, here's something that I guess you and I, oddly enough, you know, in a very odd way, can relate to the transfer portal. Yes, we can. As both of us were transfers. We were transfers. Okay. Uh, you started at uh, Fairmont. Yep. Correct? Okay. Yep. I started at a small school in Vermont, Castleton. It's actually now Castle. It's oddly enough, Castleton University, which it should never be a university because so you were highly, highly recruited. I was highly <laughs> so. I, I I spent two years. Um, things I wasn't happy with my my dorm room assignments, um, classes. The distance to classes wasn't uh, what I liked. The weather wasn't great. It wasn't the uh, sunny beaches I was promised. Um, so dorm, uh, dorm cafeteria food, not up to food, par. Yeah, so after my sophomore year, I decided to uh, test the waters. I decided you, to put my name out into the transfer portal. You took your talents to Buchanan? I took my talents south, yes. I was heading south. Like, it's not that big a deal. People should just transfer and not, like, we didn't I get it. We didn't have a brand to build. However, like this is getting like out of control. Like, well, I'm poking a little bit of fun at it just because it always reads like a inspirational poster type of thing. But I, I, I still, it's like Jack Handy writes all of these Twitter. I still agree with Guido though. I mean, you should do that. I mean, you, you should do that. You should take the opportunity to do that. I mean, look, I post on Facebook when I go to an interesting restaurant. So I'm not going to like knock these guys for putting a Twitter post out there about testing the NBA waters. Does it border on the other side of things, right? So you're talking about building the brand and that they need to do this, put their name out there. They're, they're testing the waters. So people come back and say, you know what? He, he kind of got a look at the NBA. The NBA kind of, you know, checked him out, 
gave him some feedback? Or does it come across like, I can't believe that jack wagon put his name out there to be an NBA player no, and look at him. He's not even close. And that's how, like, right now, not that I think they're jack wagons, but they're not close. We know this. They, they don't need the feedback. What's the feedback going to give them? Hey, you're not ready yet. Well, and I, I hear you. And I think that people like us, people like the three of us that do a podcast about sports are the ones who will say, what's he doing? But I think that a lot of WVU fans, I think if I was – Think about it last year when Oscar did the whole thing. Like, everybody went crazy. Oh, he's coming back. He's not going to go to the NBA because he loves West Virginia more. And then he transferred, you know, three weeks into the next year. But, I mean, I'm just saying, like, that's how West Virginia fans are. Like, WVU fans are more about – they're going to be so excited when Sean McNeil posts, like, a picture of him in his WVU jersey, giving the peace sign, throwing up a three, whatever it might be. I'm coming back for my senior year. I am I love West Virginia. It's the place I need to be. And then, like, it, you know – Everybody's gonna go nuts and be happy, and that's well, he's think, built his he's built his brand. That's his brand. That's what he's doing. Well, I think it does that. I guess that's why I brought it up that way, and I'm kind of glad Scoot, you know, remembered that comment we were talking about because it to me it is kind of a lot to do about nothing. And when I see those come through, I I just simply read them as I'll be back. I'll see you next season. I agree. Like that that's how I read them. And and by the time they do and see here's the thing, like that by the time they do all that, I feel like it's too late to transfer at that point. So they're gonna come back to WVU. I'll tell you right now, I mean, maybe I'm wrong, maybe both don't, but I think both come back and play at WVU next year. And I think Scoot, I think I think they both come back. They play at WVU, and WVU is a top 10 team next year. WVU is going to come out in the preseasons at, like, number eight. You know, they're going to have lost two guys who were deeper on the bench. You know, you're going to have uh, Jalen Bridges. You're going to have an Isaiah Cottrell who is going to be ready to play. It's going to be a great team next year. I can't believe you're a glass-half-empty guy right now. I am glass-half-empty because here's the thing. It is – so these two guys – while Taz doesn't have to come back, like he's done, right? I mean, he's technically he's done. He's he can come right. back if if he wants to. McNeil hasn't finished a degree, and and I think if he does come back, it's part of the reason is because he's already been a transfer, right? I mean, so it's hard to continue to because tra- I transferred, so I know that like your <laughs> your credits don't always go with you. So right. and sometimes you get to a point where you've got too many credits that other places won't take you. So like, you've got to kind of watch and manage your credits in a way that makes sense. Now, granted, if, if, um, he were to decide to transfer, someplace will take him and they'll, they'll work around whatever situation they have to work around. But I, I just think to me, these announcements are like the guy that goes and like dyes his hair green and wears ridiculous clothing. And just is just trying to like, Hey, look at me. I'm doing this. Just you do sound it. So old right now. Just you do sound it. Like the old man of this podcast. You're making Johnson look young. Just right now. go out and do it. Like don't you don't. I mean, what is? I don't the understand brand? these kids in their well, TikToks. No, here's the thing: the brand thing. I get. Yeah, I understand. They're looking and people have been tweeting. Go get your money. Go get. Like he's not going to go get his money because he's not going to the NBA. Neither of them are going to the NBA right now, and. 
Yes, maybe they'll go get their money in Europe right now. That's a possibility. They can go get that money. Let me tell you. But see, Scoot, I feel there's like, no money coming from the NBA. I feel like, man, I feel like you are kind of. I'm sorry to keep blocking you out on this, Johnson. I know I want to let you have two words about this too, but I feel like you're so you're like super narrow sided about this. Like, think I'm going to take Jordan McCabe for instance. Jordan McCabe, I he is never going to play in the NBA. I love him. I like watching him play basketball. There, if it, it, he's never going to play in the NBA, he's not going to do agreed. it. But agreed, okay. But it, it's, he's fun to watch, right? You and sure. I've always agreed. I like, yeah, he's, I like him. Yeah, yeah, right. Jordan McCabe, great on social media, great personality, great on all of the twitches and the Instagrams and all of that stuff, right? He's great on the on the internet. Sure, he he builds his brand where people WVU people will follow him whatever school he goes and plays at for another year will follow him and then he goes and plays for some random european team but there's going to be enough of these social media people that follow him that maybe they buy a jersey for you know this the spanish conquistador basketball team you know like I, I'm just saying, like, I think you're narrow-sighted about the fact that he's building a brand. So, like, now that he goes to whatever large European team there is, hey, look, I've got 25,000, you know, Instagram followers and, you know, 10,000 Twitter followers. He's worth more money to them. He gets more money from them. It's building a brand. He'd be dumb if he was. All these guys would be dumb if they weren't doing well, it. Well, specific to Jordan, I and, think. And you, know, and, you know, WVU, I'm sorry, one more time, I'll catch up. Oh, good. WVU has a former player. Now, granted, he did go on to the NFL and did, had a pretty decent career as a punter. But he is a former pr- player that is the, the, the prime example of what building your brand through college into the NFL can do to you afterwards. And now Pat McAfee has this great career. He's on TV. He's got this great personality. It's it's you've got to, it's self-preservation. You can't be thinking, you know, I love West Virginia and I think all West Virginia, but these guys can't do that, man. They got to be able to build I, them, themselves up. I agree with you to a point on Jordan, only in the sense that Jordan's personality is such that he's already has he already has his own podcast. And right. because of his AAU days, it's not as good as ours, but it's, no. it's good. He's because of his AAU days, he's very connected to guys that have played at big time colleges, big time division one. Tyler Hero is one of his good friends. I mean, he gets those guys, he gets NBA guys onto his podcast. Right. So, I mean, he's got a very strong connection. So, yes, him tweeting things out and, and making it a little bit more um, public, I think will. I think he could potentially have a career like a Pat McAfee where he does play some professionally, maybe like you said, maybe in uh, the Indo Chinese, um, you know, I don't know what they call that league. Johnson, what do they call that league in Indo China? I, th- I thought you were getting ready to talk about a war, from like, a, like a pre, like pre world war. Like, so maybe he does that and then he comes back and, and does like color analyst for, you know, like a King McClure or something like that, and then turns it into some sort of talk show or whatever. But I think deep down, and nobody wants to hear this, and I'm going to say some things that are going to put people on the edge of their seat, okay? Deep down, do it. I think we may have issues within the WVU coaching staff, and here's why I say this. We've got several coaches on there that have been there for a long time, as long as Hugs has been there. Some have head coaching experience, which is great. But we don't have – like Eric Martin would be the one guy on this staff that I would think uh, at some point do you want to be a head coach and 
Uh, by this point now, you've been here for 13 years. I'm sure you could have had opportunities to go. So I think we've got a lot of guys that it concerns me that we have a lot of guys that not that I want somebody that's going to confront coach Huggins or be combative or, or, or I don't know, like cause a lot of, um, distrust. I want some but guy that's not just going to agree with coach Huggins because this is what coach has done, or this is what we've always done. We've got to have some guys that are young and hungry. I also worry that how many times can Bob Huggins fix it? Every time we have some kind of turmoil or season doesn't go the way we want it, he says he's going to fix it. Listen, I love Coach Huggins. I think he's a great coach. I think he's a great guy for West Virginia. I I don't know his age off the top of my head, but I'm going to venture to guess he's in his later 60s. 67. 67. Uh, what are we looking at? Is he going to coach to 75? If, if Is that realistic? I don't know. But what's next? So let's say, Coach, let's just say play out a scenario where Coach Huggins isn't up for the task of rebuilding this program because he wants to, I mean, at this point, he needs to get himself or wants to get himself to a national championship, a Final Four, and maybe we're a ways away from that, especially if we lose another guy or two to the transfer portal. So who's going to step in? Who who would be the guy or the guys that would be the next coach? I think what ends up happening is we hire from outside the coaching tree or the coaching current coaching staff, and then we're back to a situation or a scenario where we have to rebuild kind of like what Coach Brown is doing with the football program. So then you're looking at another three to four years of hopefully building and building. So like I just think – I know it sounds crazy, and I know it's early, and this is totally opposite of what Guido wants to hear, but I think it's realistic that we're in for a lot of, not false promises, but a lot of lead up to this disappointment. Johnson, we're coming off of a 10-loss season. It's one of the better basketball seasons that we've had in, I don't know, a decade uh, the team was great. Lots of hype. Lots of fun to watch. All the games are fun to watch this year. Scooty's ready to burn it I down. I think I'm surprised at Scoot. I really am. Because um, usually this is Scoot talking us out of this kind of right. of uh, attitude. But I think I would just interject Scoot with, I, I have a feeling Hugs is like, he's he's chilling at a little general He's grabbing a Diet Dew and a Snickers or something, and he's not worried about any of this stuff. I'll be honest with you, because he has lived his entire and, – and probably at Cincinnati. I just don't know enough. But he's he seems like he's lived his entire Mountaineer tenure uh, looking for and bringing in quality junior college players along the way. Um, I feel like he does that every season. And so I don't – I don't know that guys leaving after a year or two really keeps him up at night because he's usually bringing guys in that only have a year or two to begin with. I feel like if you, if you kind of think back through some of the talent we've had, even like a Jawan Staten that's now on staff, I mean, these are guys that came to us from somewhere with only maybe two seasons left of eligibility. So uh, just as we will see some people leave and I'm not convinced, I'm, I can see Taz maybe not coming back before I can see Sean not coming back. I don't know. We can probably debate that. But I feel like one of those two guys will be back. And then I think he will 
fill in whatever gaps with people from the junior college ranks. And look, not that's also not to say that, you know, we're focusing on who's leaving. I mean, I, I'm bound to bet that we're also going to benefit from the transfer portal as well. I, I'm, I'm just, you know, I'm thinking that I'll be surprised if there are, there is no influx from the transfer portal um, to go along with what we're seeing leaving. I, I would I would argue that Hugs is kind of the Hoover Dam that's keeping all of the problems of being in the Big Cal Conference at bay. And when he leaves, we're gonna have to we're gonna have to pay some of those debts and then deal with a whole new a whole new slew. But if you think about when John Beeline came in, he started four freshmen, kind of cleaned cleaned the roster, and those guys played together pretty much until he left. So I think anytime you have a a coaching change. I totally get what you're saying. I mean, I I get what you're saying. I'm I'm not not hearing you, but I just think we're bound to have a kind of a clean slate, clean house. Everything changes yeah. over when a when a coaching change happens. Anyway, so I you know I I'm I mean, not so and, much and, worried about that. And uh, as we like to as we like to call it now, the Big Cow Conference. We uh, we're seeing a lot of coaching changes right now in the Big Twelve. I mean, you, in things crazy things happening with. Coaches shuffling all over the place and Shaka, you know, Shaka Smart and, you know, Beard's name being thrown around everywhere. So it's like what what happens uh, in this conference, too, uh, is interesting, is an interesting. I, I saw somebody tweet that uh, it's odd with all the changes in the, the Big 12 coaching carousel that Bruce Weber is the one name that's probably not going to be out. <laughs> he'll be back yeah that's a that's a great point i mean if you said who okay if i told you there were x number of coaching changes like you I obviously would have thrown weber, weber because and of dixon are my first three gone yes. somewhere and two <laughs> of the funny. three are staying so listen let's take a break i'm sure that over the next couple of weeks the next couple of episodes we're gonna have a lot to talk about with you know these four players and and you know guys it's still early we still don't i mean Deuce right now in NBA mock drafts is a late first round, early second round in a, in a lot of mock drafts. So, and he hasn't, nobody's heard from him right now either. There's either way. So there's still a lot that could happen. I have gotten a lot of positive feedback on my cheese on the chicken sandwich. So there's good things there. Okay. That's good. Uh, you're getting, uh, you're getting bad. Info there, <laughs> but okay. All right. Well, listen, let's take a break and we're going to come back and we're going to talk about spring football the spring football games just around the corner practices started this week and i think we've got a little bit of you know information to unpack so don't go anywhere you're listening to got your ears on Vortech Knives is a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in high-quality steel, fast-opening, everyday carrying knives. If you go to VortechKnives.com today and use the code G-Y-E-O, you get a 25% discount on your entire order. That's Vortech, V-O-R-T-E-K, Knives.com, a West Virginia-owned and operated company specializing in fast-opening, high-quality, everyday carry knives. Vortech Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Guido here along with Scoot and Johnson. Don't forget, find us on the social medias. Look for us on Instagram and Twitter at Got Your Ears. You can also find us on Facebook. Just search Got Your Ears On. Well, boys, football season is not really here, but enough for us to talk about because spring practices started last week and there's been 
things happening with WVU football. So let's unpack a little bit, and let's start with probably what might be the biggest news for WVU football this offseason so far. Tyke Smith-Johnson hits the transfer portal. Yeah, I mean, right out of the bat, a guy that I think most people in nowhere in the corners of their consideration of players who would have been testing out the transfer waters did they think that would that would include Tyke Smith and uh on let's see last Wednesday he uh thanks the Mountaineer family and lets everyone know that he'll be entering the transfer portal so I think you know, when that came out on Wednesday, people lost their yeah. minds. And I Guido. think the interesting so there's a couple of things I have to say about this. So first was Neil Brown's comments about it, which came out later in the week, and he said it was a mutual separation, which I think they're going to say about most of the time. I think the interesting part is that he is it, it was a mutual separation, meaning they both wanted to uh, break apart. It's a lot like a relationship. I'm sure everybody has been in where they get to the point where it's just best best for both parties to move on. That's kind of where we were. So a couple of things to unpack with this comment and when it happened. So for me, I'm thinking, okay, first of all, it sounds like WVU didn't, it doesn't, it sounds to me when I read that, that Neil Brown didn't really want him to come back. That's part one. Part two is the fact that he did it the day that spring practices started. So, and that's and that's across the whole NCAA. So normally you see these guys, they enter the transfer portal after the bowl game or a week or two into January, they announce they're leaving or whatever it might be. He enters the transfer portal the day that spring practices start across the board for most NCAA teams. And when he was supposed to report and show up uh, for, you know, practice at WVU. So I feel like to me, I feel like there was one of those situations where Coach Brown said, you know what, it's probably not a good idea for you to come back. Why don't we make it look pretty and you can just enter the transfer portal instead of making you, instead of me having to say, don't come back. I just find it hard to believe that you're going to talk about your All-American. There's something else. I mean, as a mutual parting. Like, to, to me, I can see why. I can see why Tyke could maybe want to test the waters. It's just like our conversation on the basketball side. He's obviously, you know, this past season, talk about making a name for yourself. Tyke certainly made a name for himself. I mean, he was extremely, you know, he had a wonderful season last year. So I can see him wanting to parlay that into into something else. And with the transfer rules the way they are, sure. Like, I, I can see his part. I can't see a mutual part from Coach Brown and the WVU coaching staff because, frankly, you just don't. If you're WVU, you just don't call in the next All American safety into your into your locker room. So that's the part when I read that comment, like it didn't feel like it would be a mutual part. Can I offer a strange um, a strange thought? I guess that would be what it would. Um, so, if you recall, Tyke Smith was an All-American, right? Right. However, he didn't make first-team All-Conference, if you recall right. it. There was some, like, how is this guy an All-American but doesn't make All-Conference? Like, that's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah, and we all, right, we all questioned, like, how is that even possible? I mean. Here's a very odd scenario, right? So, I'm thinking, why did this happen or what what could cause any kind of bad blood between the coaching staff and or Tyke and, and Neil Brown because obviously like you said when we say mutual it means that both sides were good with him leaving 
you know, if, if he's my favorite player and we shouldn't have favorites as coaches, but if he's one of my favorites, I'm going to do everything I can to keep him. And I'm not going to say it's mutual and I get it. Maybe that is just public speak to make it seem like it's not just Tyke trying to leave. However, sometimes, and I know this is low level thinking, but sometimes like at the high school level, when it comes to some conference selections, there is a little bit of coach lobbying for your players, either with the media or with um, whoever the selection committee is. And so I'm wondering if when Tyke Smith got snubbed for the all-conference thing, I mean, again, this is all just me speculating. Is that something? Does that have anything to do with maybe Coach Brown wasn't as, like, upset that he didn't make the all-conference selection? I don't know Tyke Smith from anybody. But it, or he feels you're saying he feels like he didn't get the support he should have gotten to to get there. Yeah, he either didn't get the support or or Coach Brown wasn't up, you know, uh, outraged that you know with the media and didn't cause a big stink with the media because you know he didn't he didn't come out publicly and say that this is you know atrocious that they didn't you know name him to all conference first team all conference. And maybe that led to some kind of rift. Friction. Yeah, right. So then Tyke's like, well, oh, maybe this guy doesn't have yeah. my back. You know, what kind oh, of, I don't want to play for a guy that's not going to have my back. Because we didn't hear anything from Coach Brown saying, you know what, any team without Tyke Smith isn't a legit team. You know, he didn't say anything like that. You know, not, not that he needs to, but guys sometimes take that stuff personal. And if they feel like their coach isn't defending them in a situation like that, that's sometimes, you know what, I'll find somebody that's going to, you know, put my name out there and defend my name any chance they get. And maybe that's something to it. I have no idea, but. Well, that's an interesting thought. Yeah, that's, that's a, that's, I hadn't thought about that. I mean, maybe that's the only thing then Guido that would lead me toward this whole mutual, you know, there was some kind of friction there and, and that's, mutual you know, maybe Neil Brown says, well, I don't, I don't speak publicly about that kind of stuff or I'm not, you know, that's just not me and I don't do that. And maybe Tyke took offense to that. And maybe that's where the, where the, I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm reading into it, just having coached and knowing at least how the high school coaching process goes. Sometimes there's a lot of, there's a lot of politics involved and coaches do have to kind of talk up their own players to media so that their kids get recognized. Well, I, either way, Tyke's going to land in a nice spot. I mean, there have already been some schools that have been thrown around, names of schools that have been thrown around, like Notre Dame, Auburn, like not small schools. So, I mean, he was a freshman All-American two years ago. He, you know, was great last year. He's a Jim Thorpe finalist last year. I know people at Penn State want him badly. So, I mean, he's going to land fine. It's just what I don't know is – is there some sort of baggage that comes with that, and is that where the problem is? I don't know. Maybe, you know. maybe it's on our end. Maybe it's on his end, but he's definitely not coming back to Morgantown. Well, what concerns me is you look now, our secondary has two big names that are gone, two starters who have decided to go, and like you said, they're not just going to, um, I don't know, uh, some small school like St. Francis or something of Pennsylvania. They're going to, like, Jashawn Miller is going to Auburn. You know, we thought maybe he was going to go to Georgia with um, Jamal Adai. Maybe that's where Tyke goes. I don't know, but it's it's a concern because they're going to big time schools, and a lot of times they're Power Five, decent schools in the Power Five. They're not going to the the Vanderbilts or the the Dukes. They're going to like the big time 
you know, perennial well, champions. I just, I just, I just want to go on record in saying, and I don't, and this might play into it as well, that you got to remember that that position that Tyke Smith plays, which is that spear position, the number two in that position is Scotty Young, and Scotty Young was hyped big time coming into that role. And so maybe there is some playing playing time issues there. I mean, and we're we're so loaded at that, you know, that bandit position as well. I mean, I'm not too. I mean, worried we about don't it. know. Maybe coaches. Maybe Tyke felt the coaches were catering to Scotty Young and you know who knows like it because we're not there. But um, the the ter- the word mutual is enough to raise your eyebrow and say, okay, that's not what I expected. Can I just? Uh you know, interject with a one. There was one tweet that stuck out to me when I was reading some of the, some of the reactions in Tyke's, uh thread. If you go to his tweet and kind of read down through the conversation that's going on, people were you know just really kind of losing it. And one one tweet stuck out to me that I saved just to bring up to you guys, and not not because I thought this person was losing it. Let me let me make that correction. But just it was just interesting, and it kind of struck a chord with me, and I wanted to bring it up with you guys. But it was. J.M. Reed, and he's at WVU Mountaineer, which I don't know how you get that handle on Twitter. Like, he must have been an early adopter really or early. something. Yeah, right. Yeah. That was, I was, first of all, that's what caught my attention, first of all. But then he said, Exhibit A, why college football is dead. Pageantry gone. Loyalty gone. Bowl games are useless. You're in the playoff four or you're nobody. Sad reality for WVU and college football going forward when a 20-year-old kid feels like they've outgrown a top 15 program in wins. And I thought, not so much that second part, but that first part, right. as an old guy, <laughs> as an getting old dude. 100%, John. It kind of resonated with me. Like, yeah, you know what? It kind of feels like the farther we go, all of the things that you used to love about college football, it kind of takes a ding with with kind of the way things are going not so much um not so much loyalty because i'm gonna be honest i mean tyke's got to do tyke like because i think the flip side of this coin with him and we could have said it during the basketball stuff too i think these guys you know i think fans read it as man what's this guy doing it's like a traitor you know like you don't want to think that your program wasn't enticing enough and you're you know you're immediately negative toward it i think I think the flip side of this is he's also, you know, it's a risk for those guys. I mean, you're putting yourself out there. Um, now he's probably, you know, he's probably I mean, already he could got. End up, he could end up out of Kansas. You never know. Well, I mean, he's obviously got <laughs> stuff lined up or he probably wouldn't be doing this. But, right. I mean, he's still leaving a safe spot where he had a guaranteed, you know, position. He had a guaranteed playing time. I mean, I mean to me, there is some bit of even if it's small some bit of risk to it but i think when you talk about like the pageantry bowl games are useless you're you're in the playoff four or you're nobody man doesn't it doesn't it kind of feel like that sometimes i mean wow it just struck a chord with me no absolutely true i mean that's unfortunate i mean bowls are so watered down now you know everybody gets in a bowl game they're so boring for lack of a better term with the exception of maybe you know a handful or so past the the final four well and like guys skipping bowl games and you know you kind of like right it's sort of a crescendo to an end of a season sometimes that that you know doesn't really feel like it ends on a good note so anyway that just that was kind of wrapped into this taiki announcement and i think it it just struck a chord with me so i bring it up 
So other things that are happening. So spring football is going on. Practices are happening. This game, the spring game is uh, the 24th of April at 1 p.m. Uh, you'll be able to watch that, I think, on WVUSports.com as well as probably other places. Um, we picked up a new coach, Kurt. Here we go. I'm going to say it's Sierroka is his name. <laughs> What, is that is that how you would you going with Johnson Kurt Sierroka? <laughs> that's that's the way I'm reading it. Yeah. Uh, he is an offensive analyst scoop, but here's the thing: he was actually um, one of the people that was sought after possibly for the OC position uh, last year when they bought, brought in Gerard Parker. Um, <laughs> so, you know, I think it's an interesting hire from from that end is is to have this offensive analyst. Oddly enough, well, he. He was the offensive coordinator at one time at Penn State. Um, I believe that's on his resume. But I think that also tells me that maybe there are um, some ties between him and uh, – was it Gerard Parker that was at Penn State or was it Jeff Koontz? Yes. One of the two. No, it was Gerard, Gerard Parker was okay. at Penn State. So it's very possible that Gerard said, hey, uh, Coach Siaraka uh, – Come to, come to WVU, or or maybe I'll give you some nice baguettes. Or maybe Neil Brown and... said, "Hey, Gerard, tell me if you can get your ami Soroka to come to WVU." And so maybe we'll give him some brie, yeah, and, and some, some baguettes. baguettes, yeah, et de frites, et de pom pom. So yeah, so um, maybe there was a little bit of uh, je ne sais quoi. About the two of them. Well, Chris Anderson had a really good tweet, I thought, last week when this got announced. He said that um, he so this coach was hired at Western Michigan. They started 118th in scoring. And in the three years once he left, they were ninth in scoring. Yeah. Um, And then he was hired at Minnesota. The Gophers started out 108th in scoring. He was there two years. They finished 21st as he was leaving. So I like to read stuff like that because hopefully some of that can rub off on on yes. us as well. Let me throw this yeah. little wrinkle into things, too. Um, we had another coach that was hired as an analyst um, last year, if you recall. We, we hired Jeff Castile as a defensive analyst, and yeah. then he transitioned into a full-time coaching role Um on the field or at least in the press box or, you know, he was involved in day-to-day practice. This is a good safety net. I would imagine in case you have a a coach leave the program for another program, you know, uh, I think maybe you're going to start seeing other coaches do this where they hire guys that have strong coaching resumes as these analysts per se, where they may not be, um, where their job is more so video analysts, you know, like they're trying to work on schemes and stuff, maybe not so much the day-to-day position coaching, Um, with the idea that if somebody leaves us, we've got this, you know, this ace in the hole where we can, you know, deploy this coach somewhere else on the field if need be or or whatever. No, absolutely. So it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, So coach, you know, we're we're not even a week into practices yet. You know, and he's already been peppered with who's the starting quarterback, who's the starting this, who's the starting that. Uh. And he was pretty adamant. He was pretty adamant about saying that, you know, there's this spring, there's not going to be anybody announced in a starting role. That is a fall practice. That is, you know, before the season when we're, we start our, you know, the OTAs over the summer. And, and so, uh, you know, but 
if you read around, and Scoot, you're going to love this, if you read around, I mean, Jarrett Daigie's still the one uh, in that QB position with Garrett Green being second and Goose. And are we, Scoot, are we really shocked? I mean, are we surprised at all by that? Uh, well, <laughs> I think of when you said you're still the one, I think of Shania Twain. Is, is Neil Brown singing that to Jarrett Daigie? You're still the one Maybe. I long for, whatever the words are to that. Um, <laughs> is that is that what is going on here? Maybe because if so, if so, I'm getting off the train. I'm getting. I'm not. I'm not on this bandwagon. Wait, are you back at base camp? Is that what you're ba- saying? Oh my god, there is no climb. Listen, I am. I don't even. I, I haven't even put the harness on. Like I'm. <laughs> I'm still brewing coffee. So over you're at base saying camp. if you're saying if Daggy's the Sherpa. You're off the climb. You're staying I'm not at following him. No, I'm not following Daigie. Like, listen, I've seen enough. I've seen enough to know <laughs> what I've seen. Right? What? What do you? This is where it, I've I, seen enough to know what I've seen. This is Johnson. This is what I want to see happen next year. A hundred percent more than anything else. I want to see Jared Daigie as a starting quarterback. I want to see us win ten games. You want this because it makes for a good podcast. Fodder. I want to make. I just want to yell at Scoot the whole season. Jared Daggy wins a game. Scooty's still like, "Come at base camp," and then next week we do it all over again. You know, okay. and then Listen, all of a sudden we can do this. But when he throws <laughs> that ten-yard slant seven yards short, be prepared for that as well. Okay, or okay. when, okay. or when we have that up and out route, and uh, he's throwing it's it more out than up. Yeah, he's throwing it saying? out of bounds to. Uh, uh, who was it? Markel Harrison, who held the clipboard for Rich Rod's teams. He's throwing the ball to one of those guys. Listen, or he hits the Cobra crew. You know, don't be the towel Cobras. Don't be, you know, upset when I start throwing those out there because that's when coming. one goes zinging through the juice squad. Yeah. Is that what you're yeah, yeah, the, the juice, juice squad. squad. The juice squad gets leveled. Well, can I, Guido, can I, agree, I'm, I'm going to maybe throw you a curveball here, but can I just be honest with you and let you know that I'm more scoot yeah. than, than your comment right now? And I'll tell you why, though. The wrinkle to me is my fear is that neither one of the guys in the conversation is the answer. And that's not a knock on either one of those guys. But look, I, I'm. I, I, I feel like all I do is read WVU Twitter, right? And it's, and we're just getting football cranked up. People are fresh off this this anger of basketball, and so they've turned their WVU Twitter fire to, to football. And I'm sitting here thinking – you're reading you're reading comments on Twitter that people are already saying, look, this is Coach Brown's year three. It's put up or shut up time. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, this poor guy, he's his his better personnel on defense are, are kind of are hitting the old portal. He's got a huge question mark at quarterback and people are already on his case like, OK, it's put up or shut up time in year three. I just don't have I don't have a good feel right see, now. This I minute. guess. And here's the thing, guys. And like, I'm kind of sad to see you go on the scoot hey. bandwagon, Johnson. He knows. right Because I'm going to tell you, right. this is where I have. And, and we've had this conversation before, like football and basketball are completely different animals. Football is takes is a, it's a much longer span to to turn around a ship with football than it is with a basketball team in recruiting, in player development and all of that. I think for me, what it is is a couple of things you got to keep in mind with Neil Brown. First of all, he comes in first year at, at after recruiting season. So he doesn't get to recruit for his first year. 
His second year, he gets the recruit and then gets hit with COVID. And, the, you know, and then now you're, you're not I mean, what did he say the other day in his, in this press conference that like ha- half of more than half of the recruits that were coming in to play football in the spring? This was the first time they were on campus, that their visits in the fall weren't even in person visits like that's insane to me, you know. And then, and then third, three years is not a long time on top of everything else. I'm you know, I this. think there's, you've got to have more patience with him. I've got two points with all of this. One, I'm pretty sure COVID can throw more than 15 yards. Two, I, I'm hoping and praying that if, if the reason why he's not announcing a quarterback for this spring practice because maybe he doesn't feel good about Garrett Green. I don't know. I like the little, the very small snippet I saw. I liked at the very least that Garrett Green is going to stick his face in somebody else's face and not back down. As, as a freshman, I like that. Now, you don't wait, like that. I know just, you wait, don't before like you go, that. Before you leave that. Garrett Green, before you leave Garrett Green, let me just say, can I just tell you what my feeling on Garrett Green is? Johnson, I don't know if you're going to laugh Miney, at this, Johnson. A little mini Scott or Skyler Howard. Garrett Green is the WVU football version of Jordan McCabe for WVU basketball. That's early. Is That's it? a hot take. That's a hot take. It's too early for that. <laughs> now, here's my here's my point, though. Back to but, this. Dude, he's he's not fun gonna... when he's out there. He's pointing at people. He's throwing shade at whatever Western Kentucky University lineman that was getting playing time in the fourth hey, quarter. You're stick your like, yapper in that's his face. fun. That's all great. You know, you hear the stories of him zinging it around when he played in high school. But like, come on, like you know. But Scoot, Neil Neil Brown's not going to come out of spring talking about his starting. Well, here's anyway, here's though. what I want. Right, so. If it's not these two guys, and maybe Neil Brown thinks, you know what, Garrett Green's a good kid. I don't want to tell him he's not the starting quarterback this early. Maybe there's hope then that maybe Goose, Goose, maybe he's going to turn into Goose loose in the fall practice. And maybe there's a shot that maybe Goose is more so involved than we think as a true freshman because he is a little bit bigger. Maybe Goose throws a better ball. I don't know, but at the very least, I would love – Nothing more than four years of Tony Caridi announcing the name Goose Crowder as often as he can. But don't you think it's odd, though, that it we're witnessing kind of a weird thing with Jared Deggie? Because I was completely on board at the end of, you know, those first four games at the end of two seasons ago. Right. There was no there was no reason to not have a, you know, a good outlook and a good opinion of Jared Deggie. And then and then when you came through last season pretty much through the midpoint of the season you still had reason to be positive but then I felt like we didn't get we didn't get good Jarrett Deggy and then you know of course the bowl game is fresh in everyone's mind um, that you know that was one of his who are we poor performance right where we were comparing him to Austin Kendall and he might be a very nice guy he sounds like he's a nice guy but Austin Kendall, and I get it, he won the bowl game. I I mean, he's a legend. Let's go build a statue of him outside by the <laughs> big coal block. But, like... The man trip. The big coal block? The big coal walk. He's not a great quarterback. He, he floats the ball. Like, it's it was like two polar extremes. If you were a slot receiver, you'd prayed to God that Austin Kendall was not your your quarterback because he was throwing it 10 miles past you. If it's Jared Deggie, he's worm burning it uh, 
right in front of the uh, lineman's feet. Well, like, all of this is to say I simply don't. Speaking for me, I'm more – I need to be convinced on this position rather than I have a rosy outlook. So I'm more base camp than I am with the Sherpa oh, right I now. I am base Guido. camp. I mean, I, I'm – I just landed I at base camp. I haven't decided my view if I'm even going to like unpack yet. Like, Scoot's taking off his boots. He's getting cozy around the fire. I feel like he has no inkling. I haven't of even, even put the tent up, up the yet. mountain. I have. I'm. I'm still like, what are we doing here? Well, I mean, there's a big battle at kicker. Scoot, you can wrap your head around. You got Evan Staley, Casey Leg, and Tyler Sumpner all battling to be the kicker. Tyler Sumpner's I mean, still here. He's yeah, coming. He's back. sticking around. He's coming back. Oh my! See, this is why I'm at base camp. These are the reasons. <laughs> well, listen, guys, let's do this. Let's take a break. We're going to come back. We're going to wrap up a couple of other WVU things. Take a, we're going to take a week off from Bluff the Fluffs and come back next week with another one. But let's, uh, let's come back and just wrap on a couple of few other WVU things we need to hit on for this week's show. So don't go anywhere. You're listening to Got Your Ears Up. Tactical Legion Knives, a West Virginia-owned and operated company that specializes in heavy-duty tactical knives and gear for the professional warrior, the weekend warrior, and the outdoor warrior. Our products are built tough. For who? For warriors. Hey, Mountaineer fans, make sure you go on Amazon and search Tactical Legion Knives. And when you do, make sure you put in the promo code 25TOBRADIO for Tob Radio you'll get 25% off on Tactical Legion Knives. All right, everybody, welcome back to Got Your Ears On. Don't forget, check out our website, gotyourearson.com. we got a merch section there and a bunch of other stuff, right, Johnson? Yeah, right. You can uh, click on the link to the merch store. And if you're interested, we're still uh, taking up our pullover guy donation already for next year and prep for next year's fish fry for hugs um but as we do every week we'll post the latest blog post that has all the show notes of stuff we talked about probably some stuff we didn't even get to and uh if you want to you can click on the link in the sidebar to listen to the latest show so check it out yeah check it out got your ears on dot com so listen we're gonna take a break from bluff the fluffs again this week but don't worry it'll be back I, there's a couple other things i wanted to touch on this week guys that um just didn't fit into the first two segments um with everything going on uh, first of which was one thing that came out last week after we did our show with Brent was, uh, I guess, a lot of players for WVU um, got death threats on social media from fans. And I use fans. If you if you could see me, it's giant air quotes fans, um, you know, because uh, just after the loss to Syracuse. And and I just it, uh, first of all, if I know, I know, like every player listens to our podcast. I mean, that's obvious. Right. Um, Obviously. You know, that's those people aren't WVU fans. Like, I, I don't accept them as WVU fans. I actually think we posted on our Twitter feed, if you were one of the people who sent a death threat to a WVU player please, and you follow us, please unfollow us now. Like, it's just ridiculous that people use that platform to say those kind of, you know, things to, for all intents and purposes, kids that are playing, you know, a sport for your college. Yeah, and I think what a, what – well, upset's not the right word because obviously it's upsetting. But I think what was most disappointing to me, Guido, is that this was happening on – I think I had spent the pri- some of the prior days talking with people about how how just unreal it felt of 
the folks in Columbus and people around the Ohio State program attacking uh, Liddell for, you know, on with similar things, death threats. You know, I think they said the Columbus police got involved, stuff like that. And and I thought, man, how how sickening is that? And then you turn around and you're and you know you're disappointed, realizing that every fan base has folks like this, and yes, even your fan base has has stuff like this. And so I. I hate it that those guys have to receive that stuff because no matter how good you are at keeping that at bay or brushing it off, it's still got to be in the back of your mind. And that, you know, that kind of vitriol, no matter who you are, I'm sure it gets your attention and stays in the back of your mind. So to me, it was just really disappointing, really, you know, unsettling to know that it feels like probably every fan base has someone in it, even if they're not like a loyal, you know, they may think they're a loyal fan, but that stuff has just no room in what we're doing. And it was just disappointing. Yeah. And we're pretty involved in the Twitter and social media action out there for WVU. And, and, and I mean, the vast majority of people that we interact with on Twitter, on Instagram, on Facebook, Awesome people, fun people to talk WVU stuff about, you know, fun people, fans, people that support the team, people that have supported the team for a long time. I think it's just when you have, you know, a handful of chooches out there that are, you know, doing stupid stuff like sending, you know, veiled death threats to players is just, it's ridiculous. Yeah, and I think, like you said, by and large, I saw a positivity. I mean, obviously everyone was mad about not advancing, disappointed in the way the game turned out. But I saw a lot of supportive stuff, uh, you know, rallying around when that report came out. So I'm hoping that that they got a lot more, you know, I, I'm, I'm hoping the positivity they received far outnumbered the negative. I do too. I do too. Um, other WVU basketball news, women's team made it to the round of 32 last time we had talked, and then they dropped and they got killed by Georgia Tech in the round of 32, 73 well, to 56. Yeah, they had a rough third quarter. So you have to, you know, I always have to remind myself how the, you know, the women's game kind of operates in four quarters. They had a rough second half of that game. At halftime, that was actually a terrific game. I think they trailed by maybe one or two possessions. I, I think Georgia Tech went on like a 22 to nine run over the third quarter, really took control. And then it was just too much for, for the, for, you know, our, our, our uh, folks to chip away at, but you know, there's no, no shame in that. I mean, again, disappointed in how it wrapped up, but they had a wonderful season. Um, it just too bad. It came up short. And it's hard when like your star player, uh, you know, doesn't, you know, doesn't perform that well in that, yeah. in that game. Yeah. A rough game. Uh, probably, you know, probably someone Georgia tech was obviously keying on, but they really kind of, kind of kept her quiet. I think she ended up with maybe three points for the game. Um, but that was, that was tough. Yeah. Probably not what they had in mind going in. What's frustrating to me, uh, and this is maybe, uh, an issue with women's basketball in general is there's, there's a big disparity and this is well publicized about, you know, there's probably 20 teams I would say that are, heads and shoulders above the rest of the teams in division one college basketball and WVU, I feel like could be in that top 20, except we have situations like this one where they can't like, this could have been the year where maybe they would have kind of made a name for themselves as a, you know, an elite eight, uh, you know, a final four type team. And we just couldn't, 
for whatever reason, bad luck or, or just, you know, good coaching on, on uh, Georgia Tech's end. We just couldn't get past, uh, that, that, I guess, stigma, not stigma, but that roadblock to getting into, I mean, we've got probably, I think the best least known division one women's college coach out there in, in coach Kerry. Like, I don't know how well he's talked about in, in other circles and coaching circles, but I mean, guy's got what over 600 wins guido does that sound right that's uh, i think it's 700 wins i think he's got is it 700 wins. now like i mean that's crazy that's crazy and you know what's we've talked about the hall of fame business probably should be a hall of fame coach why why don't we talk about him for the hall of fame i mean we i know we talk about hugs because he plays you know he's in the men's side of things and he's been to two final fours but maybe mike carey's really only a, a final four away from from people kind of banging on the door about him well he's a we're a relevant team or at least it feels like we're a relevant team every year it's not like we you know are this team that is never relevant in women's basketball so i mean i i I hope the hype continues i feel like he's a very good recruiter i mean he's getting really good players in there um i just think that you know the difference between women's basketball on a whole in the ncaa and men's is i feel like those you know two or three four teams that are the top are just so far, you know, separated from the other group wow. of teams in women's You're right. basketball. Every they, best the, player wants to, every best player either wants to or goes to UConn, Baylor, um yeah. it used to be Tennessee. I'm sure Tennessee still yeah. gets those recruits. South Carolina and like right. Notre Dame. Like those are where yeah. they go. Yeah, exactly. But in good news, we have a you know, it looks like Andrasnik she's she's a late second early third round kind of in mock uh, WNBA draft. So we might have a Mountaineer in the WNBA. I don't think we've had a Mountaineer in the WNBA yet. She still could come back, right? She should. And she She technically could come back. Yeah, eligibility. We'll see see what happens. She does have eligibility. Before we uh, finish up this week, let's do one more thing. Let's talk a little bit of WVU baseball. By the way, if you like to watch baseball, WVU baseball is – is a fun watch. They're playing pretty good this year. Half their, I mean, almost all their games this season have been on ESPN Plus. So, you know, break out your nickels and spend the five bucks a month to have the ESPN Plus. Um, and they played this past weekend against Kansas. They got they took two or three to start off the Big Twelve Conference with Kansas. They uh, they lost the the middle game, but they uh, they won the ends. And uh, they smoked Kansas in that last game. It was like fifteen to to two. They outscored Kansas twenty seven to eleven this weekend. Um, and then they go to Oklahoma State. They travel to Stillwater and they play three games at the end of this week on Thursday, Friday, Saturday. All of those games also on ESPN Plus. Uh, but good to see Randy Maisie having a good start to his Big Twelve uh, season right here. So uh, WVU baseball. Gonna be an interesting one. Scoot's a big fan of WVU baseball. Yeah, I um I do follow them. Um, they're maybe not having as great a season as we've seen the last couple. That's uh, they're a little over five hundred, but um some of that I think is their, pi- their pitching is is young. Pitching, yeah. They 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 had gone through a couple of years of having some really good pitchers, and I think that that's I think starting. I to think show they're young right season. now, pitching wise. Yeah. So that's that's the issue we're seeing. One last thing with WVU baseball, we just want to. You know, give uh, let let our know that our prayers and our thoughts are with the Maisie family right now. Is Weston Maisie, son of 
Randy and Amanda, Amanda Maisie, who you everybody sees on, you know, Mountaineer Insider, all the WVU stuff that she does. Um, their son got injured during an accident uh, at a practice and uh, was in a critical situation and uh, is out there recovering and going through that whole process. So our our thoughts and prayers are with Weston. Team Whammer, hashtag Team Whammer is what's out there on the Twitter. So if you get a chance, hit him up with that. And uh, in the in the Maisie family, we're all we're all thinking about them. Guys, we should probably wrap it up. It's been a long show this week. Yeah, it has had a lot to unpack. Yeah, we had a lot to unpack. Couple weeks scoot of having a lot to unpack. I think. Uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, my I was on assignment last week, so I was glad to get back in the saddle. Um, and I am ready to deliver that uh, seventeen and under uh, volleyball insider info whenever you're ready for it. Oh yeah, we'll keep that. We'll, we'll pencil that in for a segment in the in an upcoming week. Okay. So, I just think that you know, NCAA off season has uh, has gotten more interesting in the past you know decade. There's more stuff that happens now when it used to be we all just sat around and waited for you know football season to start. There's a lot more that happens nowadays. So. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. Don't forget, find us online. You can look for us on Instagram or Twitter, at Got Your Ears, or look for us on Facebook, search Got Your Ears on. Don't forget to tell your friends, like, subscribe, download. You can find us just about on any podcasting platform, Spotify, CastBox, uh, iTunes, Amazon. We're all there. We're everywhere. So uh, definitely check that out. And also check out our website, GotYourEarsOn.com. Thanks, everybody, for listening. We'll be back next week with another show. You've been listening to Got Your Ears On.